Hi, my name is Charlie Culberson, and you're listening to the Texas Rangers Fanatic Podcast with Alex Plank. What's going on, Rangers Nation? It's Alex Plank with Dallas Sports Fanatic, and this is the Texas Rangers Fanatic Podcast, episode 27. We are post-All-Star game uh, leading up to... The unofficial second half of the regular season of 2021, Rangers will be starting that uh, against the Toronto Blue Jays in Buffalo. Kind of an intriguing little matchup and a great weekend for Rangers catcher Jonah Heim, who is a Buffalo native. He's going to get his opportunity. It's quite rare because the Blue Jays didn't even start playing their home games in uh, in Buffalo. They played in Dundee, Florida. So, a franchise that has been, I'm sure, eager to get back to Toronto. And that's looking like that's going to happen possibly in the next three weeks. I, I don't exactly know what's going on in Blue Jay land, but uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be an interesting and a good test for Ranger pitchers because that Blue Jays offense is pretty staggering, especially that infields uh, when you have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Marcus Simeon, and Bo Bichette in your infields. And then what added Teoscar Hernandez in the outfield too. Uh, Blue Jays well represented three starters in the all-star game, as well as Bichette as a reserve. I don't think Bichette uh, played on Tuesday's all-star game. I may not be mistaken on there, but I don't recall Bichette even played. Uh, We'll get to the all-star game in a little bit. Uh, Also home run derby have some thoughts about there. Um, all-star selections. This is going to be, this is going to be on a ledger of possible no fun territory because there are some takes that are a little no fun takes. Uh, I know people want the game to grow and I want the game to grow too. We'll get into a little bit of their Rangers draft Jack lighter. They made uh, 19 other draft picks. Uh, it sounds like it was a very successful draft for the Texas Rangers. We'll see how that all turns out. It's tough to tell exactly because, again, you got to let these guys develop. But um, from what I've gathered, it, it was a pretty successful draft uh, this past weekend leading up into Tuesday. So it sounds like the Texas Rangers got a really good, got some really good young talent. Hopefully, we'll see some of them in the next few years as they develop within the organization. Um, and of course, this is a ball club that is 22 games, 20 games under 500. Sorry about that. And it, it's hard to deem where this team is going to be in the next three weeks because, of course, trade deadline. We'll get into trade deadline. And Rangers 7 guest is none other than a young player in himself, Eli White. We'll have that uh, Ranger 7 interview coming up. But, uh, I want to get into let's kind of get into the story arc and start from the beginning. And that's Monday. That's the home run derby. Um, Joey Gallo participated. And honestly, it was one of the first times in a long time that I actually got really pumped for the home run derby. And Gallo has a lot to do with it, but I think really looking at some of the competition it was exciting. Now I didn't really see the Derby a couple years ago. And I think 
uh, in 2018 as well. So I'm not quite sure when the format somewhat changed. I don't like the bracket format. I will be 100% honest. I don't like the head-to-head matchups in round one. I think from what I remember, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on this, is that, and again, there's going to be a lot of back in my day, we did this sort of thing, but it was, you had eight participants. They each went first four advance, then in the second round, next two advance, and then you have the finals. And I think the reason, and then of course, it wasn't based on time. It was based on how many pitches. I believe it was pitches or how many outs make that. If you made 10 outs, you're done. With the way the format they have it now, it's head to head. So you may be up against somebody who, and I think the perfect example is Salvador Perez, who hit, I think, the third most in round one, third or second most or third. And Salvador Perez gets eliminated because the guy he went up against, which, by the way, is. I mean, it's not predetermined. It's not randomization. It is somewhat predetermined based on how many homers, but, but still like, I mean, some guy may hit when you're in game, you're not some, some guys aren't thinking about hitting homers. They want to, but they're not thinking about hitting homers. I don't know. I didn't like the format. I didn't like the time because again, normally you want to sit and wait until the ball comes down, not even from just to watch your own homers, but from a safety, uh, from a, a safety point of view, you know, you don't want to keep hitting, 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 and then people are trying to get one of your baseballs, and then all of a sudden another one comes in a different direction. I don't like the timed. Of course, there was a little bit of controversy, and that I did not necessarily appreciate. Um, from what I've gathered. During a Tram Mancini at the end, Trevor Story as well. Uh, their pitchers let go of the baseball. After the buzzer rang as the clocks hit zero, their last homers counted. Joey Gallows apparently didn't. Um, again, I I mean, I don't I I don't know why. And listen, like Rules are rules. And we were talking to Tony Beasley about this, like, you know, that everybody kind of does that. Everybody kind of doesn't wait. They just throw and throw and throw. But here's the thing. If you're going to let one side be able to count the last homer, if the ball doesn't leave the pitcher's hand, you got to do it for everybody. And yes, it's exhibition. It's all in good fun. But my gosh, people on people on Twitter. I mean, that that's the one other takeaway. Like there were some people that were just absolutely cruel on Twitter that were absolutely getting feisty, you know, getting mad at Tony Beasley and like calling for his job. And listen, like if you want to say, well, I'm just joking, you know, it's all in good fun. We're just kidding. When is ever joking about somebody's job security funny? It's not funny. It's horrific. I mean, how would you like it if I called out your job and be like, oh, no, I'm just kidding, but you should lose your job. You should get fired. You should get laid off. Oh, don't worry. I'm just kidding. It's no big deal. I mean, seriously. 
there's certain things that you just don't joke about, and job security is one of those. So lighten up, people. Yes. Did Joey Gallo get robbed? Yeah, I would say he did, but it's an exhibition. And and yes, a million dollars is a million dollars. Pete Alonzo gets a million dollars. But from the first round performance, I, I don't think Joey would have made it. I mean, first of all, it wasn't like he was going to win that round. He still would have had – there still would have been a tiebreaker between him and Story. And so – who knows what happens after that story may beat Gallo in a tiebreaker. And then all of a sudden it's all moot point And Joey took a few more swings. It just, it, it, I think, yes, you know, there were some things that could have been better, but it's all in good fun guys. Just calm down, relax, enjoy. Why does everybody got to get angry about something on social media? Calm down. Like, don't we have enough stuff to deal with in our world today? that whether or not uh, somebody throwing baseball, first of all, have anyone who's complained thrown a batting practice baseball at Joey Gallo before? Has anybody, anybody that criticized Tony Beasley, has any one of them thrown a batting practice baseball at Joey Gallo? And nobody should be responding with yes, because it ain't true. Okay? Beasley has been doing this has been throwing batting practice to Joey Gallo for, I may even be wrong on this, like five or six years, probably even more. So yeah, no. Everybody who's complaining, just chill out, go find something else to get mad at because it just shouldn't be tolerated. Um, As far as the All-Star festivities, I'm, again... I'm going to be, this is going to be kind of no fun territory. I, I do think, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. There's a couple of disclaimers that I'm, that I'm going to give on here. Shoei Otani is a once-in-a-lifetime type player. And the fact that he could pitch and hit and be successful at it is amazing. Now, I do think there's other guys in the league that could do that but I don't know to the capability that Otani can and for the length of period. It's not just that Otani's done it for a month. I mean, the dude's been doing it for about three months now, at least this year, even though he he's had some injury struggles in the past, but just speaking on this year alone, three months. Now they've given him a little bit of rest time. The angels have and have split have really stretched out his starts, but still, I mean, I don't know if he's reaches the. I don't think he's he's in qualifier yet. I don't think he's a he's in the qualifying categories regarding stats, but I mean it's pretty darn impressive. But 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 here's the thing about the All Star Game and the All Star Break. You have a whole bunch of All Stars. You have a group of guys. And so much focus, a lot of the focus is warranted. I get it. But man, like the spotlight, the spot, this is the thing about marketing in Major League Baseball. Let's market five guys and that's it. And that's what I felt like the All-Star Game was about. And the home run derby was about let's focus on five or six guys. You have how many all-stars some of these all-stars. It, I, 
the thing is, is that watching watching Fox yesterday or Tuesday make that just there were times where I rolled my eyes and and listen, these guys are warranted. I get it. They're they're good. They're good for the game, but there are other guys, too. And that's part of the problem with some of these market teams. And you saw it with all star voting. Some of these guys that are having great seasons get absolutely nowhere because there is no national exposure, even when their team is up in national exposure. Watching the All-Star game yesterday, first of all, mic-ups, mic'd-up players during their at-bats is downright awful. Like, it's absolutely atrocious because, first of all, you've got guys that are are hitting against the best of the best. Do you really think that they will pay attention to what Joe Buck is saying while you're trying to face Max Scherzer at the plate? No, you've got to bring up all your concentration. It seemed like Nelson Cruz during late in the game. I I don't know if he just couldn't hear or he just didn't care. I don't think Liam Hendricks even knew he was mic'd up. Obviously, he had to have somewhat known because they put a mic on him, but at the moment, he didn't. And it just, to me, it, it, it didn't add any value. And half the time, you're like, well, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? And the problem is they're doing these these mic'd ups, and I I don't think the Rangers, I think for Adolis Garcia, I don't know about his first at-bat where he struck out, but his second at-bat, didn't hear anything because I think they were talking to, uh, was it Ozzy Albies? No, Albies was during the Gallo at bat. Uh, Garcia w- was when Cruz was at bat. And then Gallo's at bat was during when they were talking to Albies. I mean, it, it just, it just to me didn't, it just didn't sit right. It didn't sit right. And it's not just about from the Rangers side, but you've got Salvador Perez, who's, having a fantastic season. And I don't, during the home run derby, his whole, uh, his whole round is being overshadowed because of an interview with Pete Alonzo. Like, again, I get it. I know fans want to, you know, they want to hear those interviews, but in the day of social media, you can have those interviews and everybody has access to the internet. Everybody has access to there. So do the interview, post it online. Fans can watch it at their own leisure, but not while poor Kansas City fans, they get their guy in the home run derby in the All-Star game. And I don't, I think Perez's name was mentioned like once or twice during his round during the home run derby. So yes, again, no fun, Alex. We're, we're, we're going along those lines, but I will say this, the All-Star game did have its moments. Um, first of all, the uniforms were horrid, but it has it had its good yeah, I can't talk. It had its good moments. Uh I, I I thought the game was was pretty good. And I really did there were at some points where I thought, okay, is this game gonna get tied? Um you know, I could see why someone may have thought the game was a little boring. Uh, but that's what you're going to get a lot of times in all-star games because the pitching is so good that you're going to have low-scoring type all-star games. 
Um, I thought Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s homer was impressive. Uh, I thought Mike Zanino's performance was impressive. Um, as far as all-star game MVP, I probably, if it was me, I would have gone with Mike Zanino because he did make a defensive play. And that's the other thing that I'm mad about is because I feel like when it comes to all-star game selections, defense doesn't even get any part of it. And there is one last thing that I do want to discuss regarding the all-star game. And that is regarding, so as, as the one thing I did like, by the way, is no mention of the Houston Astros, all the Astros backed out. And I don't think there was a, the, the only time I heard the Astros mentioned was in talking about the Oakland A's being how many games behind Houston. There was no mention of the Astros themselves, which was good. Okay. None of them bother to show up. None of them want to show up. All right. Your name's not going to be mentioned during the game. You didn't show up. There you go. So moving on from that. Uh, All-star selections. So during like the last weekend, when some guys started backing out, and I think um, Correa backed out, Altuve backed out. So there were some infield open spots available for the American League. And I was thinking about shortstop and thought to myself how, how we had talked about, I think a couple of episodes ago about all-star selections and the possibility, you know, we talked about obviously Adolis was going to get in. Kyle was going to get in. Uh, Joey was iffy, but good. He got in, but there was a thought in the mind that Isaiah Kanafalafa would get chosen into the all-star game. Because when you look at shortstops statistically among American League shortstops, and we're talking overall, we're talking overall war, Isaiah was fifth among American League shortstops. And your four that were better than Kyler Falefa during the first half of the season, when you're looking at wins above replacement, was, and this is not in order. I mean, it may be, but I'm not speaking of it being in order. Was Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, Bo Bichette, J.P. Crawford, Isaiah Kainer-Falefa. Crawford is indeed fourth, Kainer-Falefa fifth. Well, Bogarts, Correa, and Bichette were all elected into the All-Star game. Bogarts was selected amongst the fans, Correa and Bichette as reserves. Okay. All right. I can get behind that. Correa now backs out. Now, all of a sudden, you have an open spot. And logic would tell you that J.P. Crawford would get picked. And if it was me, I would pick Crawford over Connor Falefa because Crawford has statistically better numbers overall. When I say overall, I mean offense, defense, base running, everything, the whole package. Okay. That, that just keep in mind what I'm saying. But Crawford gets pushed back. And I thought too, because the Seattle Mariners only had UC Kikuchi as their representative. 
and the the Mariners are like five games over 500. So you figure, okay, the Mariners should have two reps. You've got some teams. Yes, the Rangers had three, but the Mariners should at least have two. And I guess Kikuchi couldn't play because he was on the injured list too. So logic would tell you that Crawford should be in. Nope, he gets overlooked. Kyder Falefa, nope, he gets overlooked. Let's give it to Tim Anderson and Whit Merrifield. I just want to say that, first of all, I have nothing against Tim Anderson and Whit Merrifield. They are very good players. And the way they th- this argument's going to make it seem like that I am so anti what they are, and let me just say this, is that I have absolutely no issue on how, especially Tim Anderson plays the game. If that's the way Tim Anderson plays, that's the way it is. That's how he plays it. Everything is all good with that. I don't have a problem with how fiery type of guy he is. That's how he plays. And everybody should play the game the way they want to. If you want to be a quiet guy, if you want to be a in-your-face type guy, that's totally fine. If I'm if I'm a manager or if I'm a GM, that may that doesn't really bear on whether or not I think you're a good player or not. I think that's just a personality type. If that's how you get motivated to do your job, then by all means, go for it. I don't have a problem with the way Fernando Tatis Jr. plays, Juan Soto, those guys. That's all fine and good. Now, there's some benefits and there's some downsides to that. Benefits is that can benefit your team a little bit more. Guys can feed off of it. Downsides that get you into trouble. But I don't have any problem personally with the way they play. Okay? I just wanted to add that disclaimer because I know a lot of people are going to tell me that I don't like Tim Anderson. That is not true. I think Tim Anderson is a good player. I think both of those guys that got elected, you know, are deserving all-stars. But you can have more deserving players. And the argument I get all the time for guys like Anderson over guys like Crawford or Kiner Falefa, well, he's good for the game. Well, he he's an in-your-face type, fiery guy, and that's good for baseball. Is it really? So you're you're telling me that you you view that on a pedestal that you're rewarding a guy for a certain personality type. And to me, he deserves an all-star game more than someone who statistically has better numbers. Both of them do. Anderson is better offensively, but Crawford and Connor Falefa blow Anderson defensively statistically out of the water. Connor Falefa has been caught twice base running in 17 stolen base attempts. So, yeah, that that's an argument that just absolutely thicks my skin because, to me, you're rewarding guys for certain ways they play the game, like that's the way you need to play it. There are multiple ways to play the game, and it brings into the same argument that I absolutely hate when I hear anywhere, oh, he plays the game the right way. Is there really a right way? Can't we just have multiple ways to play the game? If you're successful in the way you do it, but let's not put certain criterias 
like, oh, this guy means it more because he's showing more, more, more emotion. Let's not put those things on a pedestal and quantify those because that's exactly what we're doing. We're quantifying it. All right. Baseball statistics as far as evaluation goes. I don't, if you're telling me that Anderson is better than any of those two guys because he's fiery, that is an absolute trash argument. Plain and simple, it's trash. It absolutely is. I mean, because what it's, what you're telling these young kids is that's how you have to play it. You can't play the way Crawford and Kiner Falefa are going to because you're never going to get rewarded for that. Plain and simple. So, again, I have no problem with the way Anderson plays, but to, to basically glorify that over any sort of war statistic is an absolute joke of an argument. And keep in mind, all-star selections, those are looked at. It's not just a no-big-deal type thing. Those are looked at. Those are looked at in arbitration hearings. Those are looked at in incentives, contract incentives. So, yes, they do matter. They do matter to these players. So that's, that's all I have to say regarding that. I think that it's absolutely, uh, if it's fan voting, which by the way, I don't think fans should really be voting, but I can kind of understand it from a fan's perspective a little bit more. And again, that goes back to the original as far as marketing goes. Let's market six or seven players rather than a group of 42 new all-stars, which does anybody even know? Do, do Does does the casual fan even know any of them? No, you don't. Because baseball is marketing certain guys. They're, they're marketing six or seven guys. All commercial break bumpers filled in with the same guys. Because they probably only shot it with five or six groups of people. That's it. Brings into the other thing. Should Shohei Otani have started the uh, All-Star game? Um, should he have let off the All-Star game? Heck yeah, without a doubt. Best hitter. Best hitter in the league right now. So should he have started? I'm, I'm a little indifferent on that. And a little bit less ranty on that. Um, he only did pitch one inning. And all-star selections are more important, I feel like, than all-star starting uh, starting on the mound. Because let's face it, I mean, do you really remember who started the all-star game? You, you may remember guys being elected, but do you really remember guys who are starting the all-star game? Not as much. I mean, if you're going to the guys with the best uh, pitching war, 
and Jacob DeGrom didn't participate. So I believe Zach Wheeler was second on that list for the National League. So realistically, you would have gone with Lance Lynn versus Zach Wheeler if you're going from pitcher war. Which Lynn did pitch the second inning. And then Gibson pitched the third. I don't even remember what inning Zach Wheeler... Zach Wheeler, I believe, pitched late. So do I have a problem with Otani starting? Not really. I I had thought about kind of getting a little bit peeved when I saw that news. And then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. I'm cool with it. Um, I don't even want to get into the whole... What happened this week with Otani or regarding what was said about him needing a translator? Look, I'm just going to say this at the end of the day. uh, A lot of guys know. Listen, nowadays, when guys are trying to get their names on Twitter, they will try to construe, especially, and yes, there are certain journalists that will try to rephrase a certain question or will try to twist as many words as they can just so they could get their name famous on social media. There are guys like that. Um, Do I know any specifically? No, I don't. I mean, I don't know them like personally. I've heard of their names, but I don't know them personally. And so if a fact of a foreign player needs a translator, 100%. If you can't speak the language 100%, by all means. And and I don't mean that in a negative way. If if you don't feel comfortable, and, and maybe I do need to rephrase that. If you don't feel comfortable, if you don't feel comfortable in speaking the language to its full extent and you feel like you need a translator, by all means, go for it. 100%. I get it because again, you don't want your words twisted. Okay. So I apologize if the last 20 seconds seems like my point is, is that there, there should never be a problem that a player has a translator. There should never be a problem. Okay. And a lot of these guys do understand English. Let me just tell you that they understand, they understand English very well, but again, you want to be sure that your words do not get twisted. And that's why these interpreters are being used. And I'm all for it. I'm 100% all for it. Um, looking ahead as far as the Rangers season goes, because we're about 72 games away. I don't know what will happen regarding the Texas Rangers next 72 games. I listen, they're 35 and 55. I don't, they're not going to get out of the cellar. They may have a good run. Usually you'll have a span in a season where you go on a really good run. And there's some points in the season where you go on a really bad run. I feel like the Rangers really bad run has happened a couple of times. So I think they're due for a really good four or five game winning streak. But I really like the way this young talent has looked. And 
a lot of the problems that this team is just is mainly inconsistencies. They're very, they'll put up five or six runs one day and then throw a goose egg on the next day. And you kind of saw that towards the end of the ACE series where on the last day before the all-star break, they really didn't get anything offensively. And then the day before back-to-back homers in the first inning, nothing really afterwards. And then late in the game, they kind of turned it up forced extras, but, Again, missed some opportunities that could have won them the game. Those are the kind of Saturday, the, the previous Saturday against Oakland, that extra inning loss was, I think, a prime example of how the Rangers 2021 season has gone. They've been able to go toe to toe with the big boys, but just fall kind of short. They've had opportunities. They just can't capitalize. And uh, like I said, they, they got some really, really good talent. Um, and one of the really good, talented guys, probably one of the more athletic guys, is uh, Eli White. And I turned to Eli because he is our guest for Ranger 7. Uh, here is Eli White on Ranger 7. I'm here with uh, Rangers outfielder Eli White for Ranger 7. And so, Eli, I'm going to ask you some just random questions. You see out there. So, uh as far as your music playlist goes, what's something that people wouldn't expect to be on there? Ooh. That, I'm not really, I mean, I'm pretty standard country rock, so I'm not, I don't really venture too far from that, so I'm, I'm pretty boring when it comes to music. You don't got one on there that's... Um, would rise I don't know, eyes. I mean, there's, I can't think of any names, but sometimes my wife gets me on some pop song. Um, I think there was one by Doja Cat or something that was kind of catchy that that I liked. I don't remember the name of it, but that that could be one. I don't know if you're too young for this because he's a couple years younger than me. But uh, Backstreet Boys and Sync, do you have a preference? Uh, so I, I think I like In Sync because okay. um, I like Justin Timberlake. Okay. So yeah, I think I would go In Sync. I'm not. I'm not too familiar with the differences in their music, but I like Justin Timberlake, so I'd go insane. What uh, unpopular food opinion do you have? Unpopular food opinion. Um, man. Be something you like or something you dislike. Yeah. So I love food, so I'm not I'm not picky. I'm not a picky eater. You're not so a picky I eat. Eater, I'm eh? not a picky eater. I eat every. Well, okay. I don't like um, raw onions. Uh, my onions got to be grilled. Yeah, not not a fan of raw onions. It's not too. Okay, yeah. I'll let it slide. Yeah, that's that's it. not too unpopular. Yeah. I hate it too. So. Right. Um, what's the weirdest ritual, pregame or well, it's pregame ritual that you've witnessed either in the minors or in the majors? Um, I don't know about anything super weird. Uh, but some guys like to burn. I remember I had a teammate that liked to burn incense in his locker, and then one of our other teammates was allergic to it, so there was a little a little battle going on there because the guy was so used to doing it before the game, and obviously if you have a teammate that's allergic to it, it doesn't go over too well. So that was that was interesting. Done it like somewhere else. Well, he, he could have, I guess, but I guess his thing it had, it had to have been had to be in the locker with his, you know, gear and stuff, I guess, to get all the bad mojo out of there. What is your uh, go-to? Um, what is your go-to dinner? So, if I'm going out with my wife, we nice, nice steakhouse for sure. Like, if we're gonna spend money, I wanna, you know, go out, go all out. So, yeah. And for, do you cook? 
I don't. My my wife's a cook. Yeah, I can I can grill a little bit and I'll help her out, but she's definitely the cook. Were you a gamer as a kid? I was, yeah, not not so much, but you know when when I got together with my buddies and stuff, we'd always be playing Call of Duty and you know MLB the Show. So, yeah. Like as a kid, like N64, SNES. Uh. I, I had a Nintendo 64. Um, it, we kept it at my grandparents' house, so it wasn't always um, at our house. But yeah, I played. You know, I think it was Super or Mario, Super Mario, one of the two. Um, like the original. The Mario original six, Mario, yeah. 64. Mario 64, okay, yeah. Sweet. So I used to play that. So that was fun. Yeah. So, they, I mean, I think there people still like there's so many stuff on there, and like there's so many cheats on there. Really? I actually just finished it like. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> but That's uh, fun. takes you back to the past. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then the last one. Uh, so if I told you, I said Eli, I'm going, I'm going clubbing tonight, and I need a wingman. Who's, who you're gonna recommend? I'm definitely going Guzman. Ronald Guzman. I don't know if that should count because yeah. he's not on the app. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but still, that guy's. That okay. G- that guy can dance. He's a party for sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm still going goozy, even I'll, though he's not active. I'll, I'll let that slide. Yeah, yeah. And who's low key funny? Low key funny. Uh, Joey Gallo cracks me up. He's, he's hilarious. So and he, he doesn't, he doesn't even try and be funny either. He's just, just his little, you know, comments and remarks. He's always, he's always making me laugh. So. Eli, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thanks, yep. Appreciate it from Eli. Uh, Joey is low key funny. I, I just want to point that out. And I hope that kind of came across in last week's Ranger 7 with Joey Gallo. Uh, I think a lot of guys are pretty funny. Um, I think a lot of coaches are too. So, uh, but this is going to be an interesting core that's going to happen. And, and it's funny because after the draft, there is, you look at what the Rangers potential pitching line could look in a couple of years. You know, you got guys like Cole Reagans, Cole Wynn, uh, Jack Leiter, who knows how long there. Josh Jung, from an offensive standpoint, you know, Sam Huff's doing some rehab. There is a lot of young talent within the organization that's not quite ready yet. And looking ahead to the next few years, there's, I mean, guys, if you have an opportunity to go to Frisco, go to Frisco to watch the Rough Riders because there's a lot of talent within the Rangers farm system. It, the, the farm hand is getting bolstered with, with some excellent talent that hopefully you'll see in the next few years. And then you look at in the big leagues now. You know, a good story of Adolis Garcia. Um, then you look at, I think Eli White is an absolute stud and he just hasn't had the consistent at bats. Uh, even the, the catcher scenario with Jose Trevino, who's out currently right now and Jonah Heim, Jonah Heim has had an opportunity to flourish within the organization and he's taken full advantage of it. On the offensive side, there hasn't been too much. I'm, uh, Andy Abanez and then Nate Lowe have had their ups and downs, but the pitching side, you're seeing what Dane Dunning is doing. Unfortunately, John King currently right now is on the IL. He may be back uh, a few days in Buffalo. 
And then you look at some of the relievers. The, the Rangers have a lot of young talent that they just need to develop. And it's just going to take some time, guys. And I've left out a lot of guys on the list, but it's just going to take some time. And they may add some in the next few weeks. Trade deadline is coming up. And I think, unfortunately, Kyle Gibson, as we mentioned, is probably going to go. Ian Kennedy, I think, is one that could go. Um, I think anyone can use a veteran reliever who's spent this year being a closer, who's blown one save in 16 opportunities. That's a huge mark. And then the Joey Gallo trade debates. This is one that's that's going to come every single day for the next like two, two and a half weeks. A little bit less than three weeks. Should the Rangers trade Joey Gallo? It's interesting because early in the season, everybody's pointing at yes. Now a lot of people were pointing at no. Um, let me just say this. First off, I don't think they should. If you're really looking at the Rangers and the target, from what I'm hearing, the target to maybe get competitive is 2023. If that's your target, that's only a year and a half away. Joey Gallo is not even going to be 29 by the time 2023 season's going to start. And with the way prospects are highly viewed, do you really think you're going to get high-level prospects for Gallo wherever he goes? I would be wary uh, that some teams wouldn't give high-level prospects if somebody were to trade Aaron Judge or Mike Trout or Mookie Betts. Those may be the only guys that teams would even take a chance. So I don't think you're going to get the value that you think you're going to get. And maybe that's the Rangers' plan. Let's see what what teams are going to give us. And maybe that's where the a contract extension holdup is coming from. Maybe the offer hasn't been made because the Rangers want to see what the trade market's going to be. And maybe they'll be in the same position of, well, we're going to go high. And if we don't feel like we're getting the value we need, we're not going to settle. If they need to sell for Kennedy, if they need to sell for Gibson, they may do that. But all in all, if they don't, if they feel like they're not getting the exact value that they're getting for Joey Gallo, they may not bite. Maybe that's what they're waiting on. You do hear from the outside, as far as national writers go, that it is likely. But think back to last year. How likely was it that Lance Lynn was going to be dealt how likely was I think there was like a almost guarantee Lance Lynn was going to be dealt and it turns out Lynn wasn't dealt the Rangers didn't deal him they dealt him in the winter but they didn't deal him during the trade deadline last year and he was probably the, the most likely to be traded so I think from a Rangers standpoint you just let each day be each day and by July 30th, July 31st, Joey Gallo still is in a Rangers uniform. I do. I will say this. If by five o'clock central time on July 30th, Joey Gallo is still in a Rangers uniform, 
he's getting extended. There's no question. They are not going to let him walk. Even if the ownership group doesn't like to spend money, there's no way they're going to let him walk. There's no way that they they would have done whatever. What's going on in there is, is say, we either extend him or you do whatever you can to deal him. So unless something kooky happens in the next two weeks, those are the only two options. He's either going to get extended or traded. I think he should get extended. You've got a face of a franchise, someone who's been there. I mean, he's basically like an Alex Gordon and the Royals. Think back to the losing seasons Alex Gordon had with the Royals. Think back to uh, Jose Altuve. And what Altuve did when, when the Astros weren't any good in the early 2010s before they started kicking it up in 2016. That's what you have in Joey Gallo and the loyalty. Plus, it does affect free agency. If you've got guys that want to sign eight to 10 years, you're not going to look at Texas. If a guy like Joey Gallo, the team's not loyal to him. Why would I want to sign there? I could get traded in three years if this rebuild doesn't work. So, yeah, I mean, it does affect free agent free agents minds. So I really do think they should extend him, but I'm literally on 50-50 on this. Though I will say that, again, if he doesn't get traded, he will get extended. And hopefully we get back to going back to some baseball. Again, Rangers and Blue Jays this weekend. We've got some 6 o'clock times. How about that? Everybody ready for some 6 o'clock games? Uh, Rangers will play the Blue Jays Friday at 6, Saturday at 2, Sunday at noon. I don't think the Rangers have played a noon uh, Sunday game. Oh, gosh. I want to say since 2019 that they've played a noon Sunday game. It's been a long time. Of course, last year with the pandemic scheduling. But, uh, yeah, going back to it, uh, we'll see how this uh, young core does. And uh, all-star game. Listen, I know how much negativity I brought on on this episode, but I will say this. The All-Star game was fun. Home Run Derby was fun. It was great getting back there. It kind of took you back. Of course, last year there was none of that. And it kind of brought things back together. And and I'm sure Ranger fans got excited because they knew their guy was participating in the Home Run Derby. and, And they got three guys to see. And you know what? Every player, I believe every player that was available was used in Tuesday's all-star game. So that's good for, uh, that's good on Dave Roberts and Kevin cash, you know, give, give every single fan base. And I think every single fan base did see at least one of their guys playing in in Tuesday's all-star game. So that's good for, for both of them. I think it was, it was something, it it was the prior 2010 all-star game that me as a kid really liked without the whole home field advantage stuff. Uh, if you want to follow this podcast, uh, I do post it on YouTube, um, on Anchor. It's also available in most places where you get your podcasts. 
Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at aplinktx, Instagram at aplinktex, and for Texas Rangers coverage, dallasportsfanatic.com slash texas-rangers. Got your Rangers coverage throughout the entire year. And, uh, yep, enjoy the rest. Enjoy the break. Baseball coming back, officially starting on Thursday with the Red Sox and the Yankees, of course. And then for the Rangers, going back on Friday, a 72-game sprint, still not a 60-game sprint. It's crazy to think. Absolutely crazy. We haven't even reached the 102nd game of the season, which then you're going to the same 60-game sprint as last year. And again, at this point, last year, we were still in summer camp. Time flies. My gosh. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, happy mid-July.